0: Hey everyone, Mia here. Just a quick note that this is a pre-episode warning that this episode does contain some heavy content around sexual abuse, anxiety and depression. If you were triggered by anything in this episode, we encourage you to reach out or find someone you can trust. Or press next and we'll catch you on the Conflab next week.
1: Welcome back to the Conflab everyone. It's uh, the new year here. Uh, in the Conflab Studio, Studio Six at Burley, and we've just had a phenomenal Christmas time, and I just I hope and I pray that you guys all had as well. And I know you may not be listening to this at Christmas time, but we're just at the start of 2023. So from wherever you are, whether you are throwing a line in or you're just hanging on the sand, we're just stoked to have you back in the studio with us. We're looking forward to a very big year this year. We've got a great list of. Uh, incredible guests just to start the year and we're just so inspired by some of the stories that came out of last uh, the last two series. We've had some amazing people which we're actually having back on over the next uh, month or so over the next two months and just to just to uh, excavate their stories even further and we just we just know we've done some research on the data and the analytics that you guys have got so much out of this and we just we would really love to hear back from what you want. I don't want to just deliver just more gaff or more bullshit to you guys. We want to deliver incredible content that comes to your ears or comes to your eyes, however you actually receive the podcast, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We want to hear from you to hear what you want, what you want to hear about. You know, we are going into this series of building healthy life patterns and it's a bit of a rebut uh, to New Year's resolutions, for instance, because this, the statistics say, and I'm not too sure on these statistics, but I've just done a light research, that only 9% of New Year's resolutions stick. So that's like, that's if you look at that in reverse, that's like 91% don't stick. So... You know all these New Year's resolutions people go after, and I like I endorse it. Good on you! You're trying to change your life. You're trying to upskill. You're trying to make your life better. And I've been doing this now over the, over the past few years. My my journey of health, my journey of wellness, my journey of self awareness. Um, but I've been doing it in a different way, and this is so. This is why we're doing this series on building healthy life patterns, and it's all about adding the one percenters. It's all about. Removing the one percent things that aren't good, and so it's Thursday. Let's quit something. That's that little slogan. You'll find if, if it's Thursday, quit something unhealthy and put in something healthy. So, before we get going, I just want to put a challenge out there to everyone. And yes, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you on all the, on the, all the different challenges and on all sorry on all the different channels. Um, and we really do want to hear what you want to hear. And For us to grow our community and for us to grow the level of guests that we can have on, we really need you to subscribe and to share uh, what we're doing here. So if you do love it, please do it. If you don't love it, that's okay. We still love you. It's all cool. Um, So here's the challenge before we get going. The challenge is find something, and I'll explain the habit loop to you quickly before before this, but find something every week that you can just add 1% to. And I'll, I'm going to challenge everyone with this to find out what they're going to do. But the habit loop works like this. So this is what a habit loop is. And people say, oh, it takes 21 days to form a habit or 23 days. or There's no science around and that's bullshit. It's absolutely ridiculous to even say that. People have been saying it for, you know, decades, but it's not true. It's all different for every person. But the habit loop works like this. And this is what's effective. Trigger, routine, reward. Trigger, routine, reward. And so if you think about scrolling your phone, you used to get, you know, the trigger is every 13 minutes on average people pick up their phones and you scroll your phone, whether it's whatever, you know, platform or social media it's on, you're scrolling and you used to get a dopamine hit. Well, eventually the reward goes and you just end up scrolling and you deplete your energy. So here's the challenge. Find a way to maybe go for a walk on the beach, You know, one of the things I don't like seeing is people walking on the beach with their phones because you're out in the most beautiful part of the world, toes in the sand, ocean run alongside you, sun's beaten down, giving you plenty of vitamin D, and you're on your phone. So here's the challenge. Challenge one, uh, this Thursday, quit taking your phone to the beach, leave it in your car, go for a walk, use a trigger, okay, what's the trigger? Take off your shoes could be a trigger so you're going to walk on the sand. Go for a walk on the beach with no phone, no headphones, no nothing, just enjoy nature. And the reward could be a beautiful coffee after that rather than picking your phone back up and making sure your messages have gone through. So anyway, that's the challenge. That's where we're going this year. And right now we're about to anchor into our first episode with Larissa DeMichael and her book, Deactivate Anxiety. Thanks for tuning in.
0: And so for you, if you were to look back (laughs) um, on that, what do you think were part of the key experiences in your life that brought you to a place where you were like, I can't step forward into the things that, or um, my, you know, those things that I feel like I want to do are going to be second to someone else's dreams? was is, that like a big a who's journey who is interviewing who yeah. <laughs> is that was that a big journey um, for yeah, you yeah well, there that... was a lot of you know like
1: growing up the way that i grew up there was a lot of uh probably misperspective mm. i would have to say on expectation you know mm. and i'm not a victim of any of it although i became a victim of mm. a lot of it and I allowed myself to and so i had an addiction to approval mm. uh, there was no doubt about that in my life and it's been through some pretty heavy work with a counsellor and with my coach that, um, that I have dealt with all of that stuff. Plus I had a toxic shame issue and, and, and just trying to remove all that from my life. So that's what's led me down to like we as Christians and faith believers, it can, it can get so distorted mm. with like I'll oh, pray for me because I need a healing mm. and, and you don't get the healing through prayer. But God's he's given the gift of medicine to, mm. to beautiful people mm. to help heal us and we, we want to rely on, on this sometimes weird faith. Well, I felt the same in the mental illness space. I felt, well, there's other ways of dealing with this. And so, yeah, and I think we've already started. <laughs> anyway.
0: I just um, – I know we're here to – probably talk about my story but I feel like all of our stories interconnect and you know it's um I just want to thank you for having me here today and sharing this space and um yeah that you would want to talk more about being well Mm. um whether you're you know a believer in Jesus or not I think that it's a very brave um, and daring exploit for anyone but particularly a tattooed you know dude from Australia it's yeah it's very cool to be here.
1: Well well thanks for being here and that's a great intro so everyone Larissa DeMichael and a really good friend of mine we haven't known each other deeply for a long period of time but a few very light conversations yes. we've had have been. Of the
0: same tribe I think. Of the same
1: tribe yeah <laughs> we definitely are and we have we share the same sort of Focus and vision on on health, like real holistic health. And the first episode in our new uh, series, uh, which is building healthy life patterns. And I'm I'm really stoked that you are our first guest. You know, in this series, we ended the year really well last year. We had some phenomenal things happen. And even though podcasting is evergreen, I'm still new to it. So I say, oh, we finished the year and Merry Christmas and. Someone might be listening to that in the middle of the year going, it's not Christmas, you idiot, you know. (laughs) But, you know, that's me. So Um, I'm going to just hand it over to you with your bio, but I'm going to cut in and out of that a little bit because I've got some things I want to ask in that. Uh, Larissa is an incredible woman of faith. Um, She wears a a lot of hats and we'll dig into that a little bit. But I want to just hand over to you. Uh, Larissa has a beautiful husband and two beautiful children and is a part of a great community of – of faithful people down in Tweed Heads, which is really the Gold Coast, like uh, Ugly Sun, is it?
0: Um, I say Everyone. in private, Everyone's some hurt. call it the butt crack. Of the Gold Coast.
1: <laughs> I've heard that too. I've heard that too. Yeah, well, in certain circles. to not wiping it, that butt crack, I'm telling you.
0: In other circles, <laughs> I might say it's just the beautiful top end of New South Wales. There
1: you go. That's probably better. <laughs> All right. So your family life, early family life, I just want you to share about that. Like yeah. you grew up in the political environment.
0: Yeah. Um, so I often say I feel like I grew up. Um with great privilege and also um, some pretty big challenges. So uh yeah, my parents were involved politically. Um, you know, I can remember for those that are old enough meeting Barbara Bush, being asked oh, to wow. um babysit Paul Keating's kids, um, the pig
1: farmer or the prime minister? The prime or minister. Or
0: <laughs> I um I did laps next to Bob Hawk, I'd barbecue with Bob Hawke. So um, oh. my dad ended up being very – he was an advisor for uh, education minister um, and lived in Canberra and so there was, you know, that element. My parents did quite well at work when I was um, young and so we were just at the – when I grew up a pretty middle class um, family but, you know, got to do heaps of extracurricular activities and um, I – travelled around the world when I was eight for nine ten months, went to school in England. Lots of, you know, amazing things I look back on and am like really grateful to my parents for um, those opportunities. And then I suppose alongside that, um, you know, were some other, for me, pretty dark moments. And as you would know, um, often what matters most In our childhood, isn't always the reality of what happened to us from the perspective or the deep desire of our family, but actually the story we tell ourselves growing up. And so, you know, it's important to, I think, make note of the things that were challenges for me, was certainly the perspective of 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And I'm sure if you talk to my parents, um, they would have a very different perspective. So, But my perspective was um, at about 9, my parents decided to um, break up. And um, from sort of when I was very little to 9, I now look back and realise um, that there was a lot of sexual abuse you know, behind closed doors um, with a number of different key people in my world. Um, But growing up, many people will tell you when it starts as early as it did, for me, you know no different. So for me it was sexual abuse but for someone else it may be a really controlling parent or an alcoholic or, you know, it's – but but you just are growing up being told this is life, this is love, this is normal, it's all that you know. So by the time I was 10 my parents split and they both go on to start new lives and in that sort of year and a half parents break up, new partners, new partners move in, new step-half siblings, very different dark stuff going on and then I get unexpectedly sent to boarding school um, in the town I grew up in. So there was – my dad then started running for an election. There was lots of public um, publicity around our life. A lot of adults at my boarding school felt it was important for them to tell me what they thought about my parents sending me to boarding school when they lived – Five minute walk away, didn't go home on the weekend. Both parents, you know, are running really hard in their careers. I went to a very um, staunch liberal boarding school. Dad's running in a Labour electorate. Oh, wow. And people talk and yeah. people, you know, so.
1: So, how much can I just jump in there? Yeah. So, how much of the talk shaped your view then?
0: Yeah. So, the view then becomes I'm unwanted, I'm dirty. Um, you know the belief systems of the twenty-one-year-old, right? That f- goes through teenage years, um, is that basically I'm um, no one wants me. Yeah, and
1: so I read in your, I read in your bio the word, the one word that I, I guess wrecks me um, for any any child is abandonment.
0: Yeah, felt and so abandoned, and again, my parents would say, you know. Hand on heart, they felt they were doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, I'm like 11, 12 year old girl with my life upside down, yeah. all this junk happening. Yeah, behind Str- closed struggling doors. Struggling with the
1: that this is the real normal. And there was no there's no room. Really. no room in the inn. <laughs> yeah, no room in the inn, Yeah.
0: Till I was about 16, and then um, actually got kicked out of boarding school. Go you. <laughs> and um, yeah, well, and I wouldn't a,
1: have lasted to 16. I yeah. seriously, yeah, go on. the I
0: was. I feel like I was I was a high achiever at boarding school so I wasn't um, like a really naughty girl but there was a lot going on. I suppose also I was one of very few um, in the boarding school whose parents were split. Dad's a labour... Like there was just a lot. I think they were probably looking for reasons for me maybe not to be there and also, I mean, look, <laughs> I did have a party at 16. Where <laughs> half the kids went home and had to get their stomachs pumped. So... <laughs> So, I mean, there were some
1: things, uh, I don't know someone else in the room has had a party at a very young age. And,
0: oh, and that. I'm going to be our daughter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, you know, and then I think from 16 to 18 it just became a train wreck. Mum, you know, from a range of reasons was not really um, present and she worked hard. She's Like her career is... She's amazing. Um, but I suppose, you know, running hard in one arena probably leaves another arena. Yeah. Um, and, again, she would have a different perspective. But my perspective was I'm 16. I don't have to go to school if I don't want to. I wag, took drugs. Mm. Um, and really, you know, in looking back, I was just trying to be loved. I just wanted to be accepted in groups and do yeah. what was required at this new school to mm.
1: No. So I've got two questions to ask you, but one, one I'm going to um, just highlight something. Um, when we did our last series was about resilience <clears throat> and the study about resilience in children was, and I grew up in a phenomenal family, never had those issues that you did, but there's one key thing that was missing that led me to the path of my life, my journey, and it sounds very much similar. Um, the The key that they found when they tested uh, kids later on in life that had resilience to be able to handle pressure and able to handle life better, Um, not saying that things still not going to knock us around, uh, was one or two nurturing, loving authorities in our life. Mm. The word nurturing was important. And so, like, I know that that, my parents were incredible in the influence they sent across the world, but they were not nurturing Mm. at all. And so that's my thing is like, you you want to go and save the world, but what about your bloody family? What about us? You know, like, Mm. um, so from my perspective, listening to what you're saying, is that something that was missing?
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, my, I would often, um, say my mum was my dad and my dad was my mum. Yeah. Um, my mum was just, She's such a role model to me in so many different ways. But she would even say to you, I'm not that type of mum. And so I think the nurturing that I needed um, is also possibly why I found myself in such a toxic relationship with an adult as a kid who turned out to be a pedophile Mm. was because... He nurtured me, um, but in such a corrupt way. Yeah. And that stuff's crazy. I mean, I'm still trying to figure some of that stuff out. Um, so, yeah, that's a be fascinating. I'd love to do more research around that. I just in the last um, couple of years have really been delving into the power of self compassion. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the mix, nurture, the, compassion. Yeah, like. the,
1: the beautiful mix of sympathy and empathy mm. is compassion. You know, Jesus, that was the one thing that he showed. He didn't show – it doesn't say he showed empathy. It doesn't say he showed sympathy. Mm. It just says he showed compassion. He had Powerful. compassion. And
0: and I think if it's not role modelled to us, you know, particularly A-type personalities, you mm. know, just get on, get on. But I did a bit of a um, trip last year I think um, or the year before I went back to my hometown. So I grew up in a rural country town in New South Wales. And, um, I started where I lived when I was 21. Um, so by that stage, you know, deep in drugs, drug addict, cocaine, most nights, smoking pot all day, every day, like just absolute mess. And I went to those places that were symbolic of 21. And then I went, um, where I was on 18 then I went to 16 and I went to these all these symbolic places in my hometown and mm-hmm. did this regressionary um, sort of trip and at each spot that I went to I just sat in it and connected to who I was at that time and what I said about myself in that time and then I just uh, I could almost cry thinking about it now I, I just allowed like what would it look like if someone showed that girl compassion? Well, what about if I do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was like the adult me did what I wish she had had. And then, you know, I'm a a believer. I believe in the Holy Spirit is in this moment with us. And so I just allowed what I knew of God and just my own compassion for her. And, I mean, I left two days later, changed. She had been met with something, that empathy, the nurture, the compassion. Mm. Um, It was really quite a profound (laughs) experience. I I, I am
1: super proud of you for doing that. It's it's such an experience to be able to do that. And I understand that because I'd been working through something with my counsellor about the same thing where there was a a 14, 16, 18 and 21-year-old or 24-year-old version of me that needed certain points so I had to go back and regress. But I didn't go to the locations. Yes. So that's another level and that's phenomenal, Larissa. Yeah. And I guarantee you will change from that.
0: Yeah, I did. I left. And I think too, um, so I had grown up under the name of Lara mm. and then when I went to boarding school there was this, just an absolute fracture in my personality and sort of became Larissa and Larissa sort of became this public what do you need me to be? Who who do I need to be in this moment to be loved, accepted, cool, you know, and and the last twenty years has been this slow integration of what does it look like to be all of me? What does it look like to help her? Um, and all abuse is so deeply crushing, but I you know, and certainly sexual abuse and the level that had taken place and the people that had been part of that in me, I mean, that has just taken a really long time to come in and help her, the Lara, hey, come back, like, come back awake. Like, you've just been numb for so long. Um, Yeah, and the last couple of years has just been a profound awakening or, um, yeah, coming into my fullness, I suppose.
1: Oh, it's so brave for you to talk about. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it should take a second. It's, it's very brave. You're talking, like I get obviously, um, I've got a bit of a bent for freedom. Um, so I get quite a uh, social justice mindset. So I just want to go back and knock those people out. But yeah, um, it's not practical or logical.
0: <laughs> I had a so, um, so brave just view. a profound healing moment actually a few years ago. I was driving home and I just had this. I had spent a lot of years, Nath, asking, is it true? Am I making it up? Is it as bad as I think? Does it really matter? You know, I remember just a few years ago driving home and just this crystal clear, I think kids help you, your own kids help bring um, clarity to your own childhood because you start to go, well, if that happened to them, you know, you start to go, well, hold on. Yeah. That happened to me. Yeah. I was driving home and I just, as clear as someone pulled back the curtains, I was like, mm. yeah, he was a pedophile. Like that's what that relationship was, you know, and I pulled over to the side of the car and I'm like, you know, almost vomiting. I'm just having this moment. And um, But see, by that stage, and that's why healing, wellness, you know, the things we're going to talk about, the they're stages, they're, they're line upon line, they're building blocks. I call it a scaffolding. People want to just go in and you're going to rip these things out. And you're like, man, some of these things are core beliefs that Mm. are actually keeping you together with coping strategies that – but there had been enough scaffolding of understanding forgiveness and understanding who I am um, apart from those relationships and build, build, build to this point where I felt like I was, I suppose, ready – you know what is it? When the students ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, that that I could truly see what my childhood was and.
1: Was he a little Chinese man?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just. no, he wasn't. <laughs> um, and I went through the process and, and felt, you know, and some people might think this is a bit mystical, but um, certainly my relationship, my Christian. Um, outworking is one where I believe the Holy spirit, the spirit speaks to us. And I felt the Holy spirit was saying, what would you want to say to him? And so I, you know, did something that many counselors would probably say, if he was sitting in the car, what would you want to say? And it was murderous. I just didn't even realize half this rage was in me, but it was out, out. And then after about an hour and a half, I felt like the Lord was like, and now what? And I just knew, Nath, I knew the power of forgiveness. I knew that actually it wasn't about him, but it was about my wellness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Lord, just help me. Holy Spirit, just help me in this moment. And all I can tell you is it was sacred. And I just knew in that moment, although this person's predatory, lying cover-up for many years, you know, a very complicated, complex, ongoing story that it was at that stage that he needed grace yeah, as much as I did. Different reasons. My story's different. But in that moment there was this what had unified us in dark secrets, unified us in I just stand by the grace of God too mm-hmm. and something deeply profound shifted wow. in that moment.
1: Because… It brings up, it it brings up for me a couple of things. Like I had a question before I wanted to ask you, and I am going to come back to that because I think that's really important contextually for, for a lot of people listening to this that that still carry darkness in their world, and it it, it exercises itself through depression, anxiety, yeah. and all these, uh, even physical health. Like yeah. You know, like I love what Peter Crone says about disease in the mind become disease in the mind becomes disease in the body. And I absolutely 100% believe that, you know, stress. Lots of
0: research to show.
1: Stress brings, yeah, that. Who was supposed to protect you? Mm. Yeah. Who? Who was supposed to protect you in that time?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the question I have is have you actually forgiven yourself for not protecting yourself?
0: That's a big question. I think part of that self compassion journey, yeah, was that. Okay, um, I just, ha- I've just had a lot of self hatred for a really long time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because the leading question I was going to ask you is, at what point did you recognise the darkness had taken over? Because it seemed like, like we know what scripturally it says about the devil sne- sneaks around like a roaring lion, seeking so he, he can he can devour, mm-hmm. but it sneaks. Mm-hmm. And so it's slowly and, – and for people who don't have scriptural reference, it's it's the cloud, mm. it's the darkness that you don't see until it's too late.
0: It's a little bit like a cancer, isn't it? It is. It starts off maybe as just it's a, a freckle a and then before you know it,
1: yeah, you can one, grow. 100%. So at what, at what time or what space or what age did you realise the darkness was so dark that it had taken completely over?
0: I started having like some pretty wild dreams around 21, oh. um, nightmares – yeah. actually. And at that stage, I mean, I was <clears throat> hungry, you know, I mean, I was like what well, I had started on a journey, um, into spiritual things. I was pretty convinced that there was a world outside of this one. And to be honest, if I look back, it was probably just desperation, hoping there was something outside of this because the reality of this was very so horrible. sad. Yeah. It was very sad at 21. But the irony is Anyone that was in my world probably wouldn't, unless they were pretty clued on, probably wouldn't have thought that because I was party girl Lars. I was at every party. I was on every drug. I was the centre of what's happening. I pulled the parties together. I, you know, I led a lot of that lifestyle but behind closed doors. um, Yeah, it was just, it was. Broken. Yeah, really just not. Great.
1: Back to that word, abandoned. Mm, abandoned from very yourself. Very lonely, yeah. very
0: lost. And so started having these really wild nightmares and, again, some of your listeners might um, sort of be like, this is out there. Um, and others are going to go, I've had the same thing and I'm just not really sure how to talk about it, but I started to have some pretty physical um, experiences with things I couldn't see, like being pinned down and um, – feeling like I was being choked and dr- nightmares that were just so real. And, you know, lots will say, well, it was the drugs you were on. Whatever it was, I became very, very clear in my mind that there was a world outside what I could see and that there was darkness in it. That's that's all I knew. And so I started on this quest of, well, if there's dark entities mm-hmm. – um, There has to be good, there has to be light. And I went on this journey, right? And I had gone through um, a Christian boarding school. I mean, I wasn't my, um, I've got uncles that are priests, nuns, I mean, very strong Catholic sort of grandparents side of things. But I went on this journey, Nath, of, well, there has to be a Holy Spirit but absolutely not connecting any dots mm. <laughs> just going on this quest and so you know so we can break that down
1: as like people say the word holy spirit as a as like as it's just a christian term but holy is divinity yeah and a spirit is a spirit that, it, that we can't see but it's a, we all have a spirit yes so it's just the divine a divine spirit yes that
0: wasn't trying to get me or no. wasn't trying to take from me I just thought whatever this darkness is that I am you know I'm just doing tarots. I mean I could write a book on the very strange vision and encounters and things that were taking place and for whatever reason it made me go there has to be something opposite to this love there's got to be love and purity and um and that really was I suppose the journey that led me on and I can tell you I never in a million years thought it would ever land with me having an encounter with a Jesus or making a decision to become a Christian. I am like, I just, yeah, I was so anti-Christianity. It was, yeah.
1: So I want to, I want to talk, I want, I want you to talk about your encounter, but not yet. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to – like that was pretty heavy and I'm proud of you for being able to share so openly and know that this is going to be evergreen so one day your, your children yeah. may be able to listen to this. Yeah. And so it's a pretty heavy topic to just do. And I know you yourself now don't hide with a mask, mm-hmm. you know, that's that. And who was it recently who took his own life? Twitch, was it? Twitch the dancer? Yeah. He was the party person. He was yeah. the – like so obviously there's masks and – I've seen There's that. Quite, I've seen that quite a lot. Mm. Um, we all we all have the opportunity to put them on, take them off.
0: Mm. Now you're getting into my life purpose, but let's keep going.
1: <laughs> so you have a lot of you have a lot of hats that you wear yes. at the moment. Lots of them, but we we missed a couple of things in the bio. Yeah, you were in a band. Oh, stop it! You were in a band. You what? wrote it in your bio. Did you were have... in a band. Yeah. Why
0: did I do? That? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So when I um, had this encounter. Um, With, you know, so my revelation in the midst of my spiritual journey was that um, Jesus Christ was legit. He was still alive. Um, He wasn't anything like what I'd been led to believe and he was pretty interested in getting to know me and I was pretty interested in getting to know him. That was sort of where that landed, right? And so um, I read in the Bible that when he called people, he was like, take a sandal take the clothes on your back and go. And so I, with my last doll money, um, went and bought the closest thing to some Jesus sandals. I could find at 21, bought a backpack, had a Bible in my guitar and I just left. I didn't know where I was going. I literally, I had no more money left. I felt I was um, in integrity, needed to not be on welfare if I wasn't going to look for a job. If I was going after Jesus... Welfare shouldn't be paying for it. So came off welfare, no money, no idea where I, you know, was going to go, jumped on a bus, got a ticket. And, I mean, the story itself is just, it's profound, but um, really probably lived like a gypsy for about the next four years, just going places, meeting random people, seeing um, the Jesus of Acts, like this dynamic, amazing, you know, God that actually loves people. I just saw this, I'm like, why isn't everyone a Christian? What's going on? And in the midst of that, somehow connected myself into a Christian band and traveled around (laughs) Australia (laughs) and it was just Uh, the best fun. Just, yeah, lots of work with indigenous communities. Um, And that is where I think a lot of um, what I wanted to do with my life was sort of seated around, um, yeah, wanting to. Make a real impact for love and kindness and breakthrough. Yeah,
1: because I, I actually have the pilgrimage band. written down to Yeah, the no, band. You're in a band. Um, you're a state swimmer.
0: Um what where is you, I, this you, is you not swam for, you swam for New South Wales. This is not in any of my bio. I'm okay. not sure what bio oh, you're going right. for. Um oh, look for um, Am I am I wrong though? <laughs> I um I was very good at sport.
1: Yeah, yeah I, until, I, until I wasn't. Until you went. <laughs> until the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And dance. Yeah, I was uh, very good there, right. at those things. Yeah. And, again, I think that comes back to there was a lot of um, opportunity for me growing up for all of those things, so yeah. musical instruments and.
1: And you've had a bit to do. Well, you've met Barbara Bush <laughs> and a few PMs. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that they all look cool, those things, but you're. The other life, it's so relevant. Yeah. So people can look at someone who's had those experiences and been on a gypsy journey for three years with, with Jesus mm. and joined a band and travelled Australia and and worked the way you did. Went with, over
0: to America. Did you? Yeah, as part of the light horseman. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, it was just a Christian, massive Christian Outreach over in Washington DC, but I look back now and I'm like, oh, a little cringe. I'm yeah. like, we had the hats and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you all stood out so like a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah.
0: good times. It was a profound time, actually. Some great things did happen, but it's yeah,
1: fun. But that you know, you, we look back, the things that are shaped you come out of that. Yeah. Stuff. So you wear a lot of hats, and that's what I was getting to. Yes. Like we missed some things in the bio, especially the band.
0: I mean, I think we and can a state swimmer. Move on. No, okay. Sorry. So uh, yeah, and then I I led. Music teams yeah. and bands yeah. for well, many years,
1: yeah. yeah. Great.
0: Until I didn't.
1: <laughs> lots of hats. Let's just go there with lots of hats. Yeah. You carry a lot of hats right now. You do a right lot Right now of, I do, yeah. Yeah, a lot of things. And so we, you, you can list them if you want to but I want to ask you this question about a lot of hats is how do you – like going through what you've been through a mm. lot, um, doing the work that you're now doing and writing a specific book which you are about to get to mm-hmm. – how do you manage because, like, you only had one hat when you were on a gypsy, mm. and uh, and so on? Oh, like, how do you manage I think your of those mental days health sometimes? <laughs> oh, to go! <laughs> so free. Oh, to go. Yeah. oh, my
0: gosh! <laughs> oh, oh no. they were good days, <laughs> it was like 20 years ago now, yeah. something 18, years. Compl- um, the compl- question is,
1: how do you manage your mental health? How do you carry yourself now with all of these things on your belt on your plate?
0: Uh, That's a great question. Not always well, if I'm honest. Um, I have a very supportive husband um, who is like, girl, go live your dreams. Um, So at the moment, if you were just to take a snapshot, um, so I work full time for – amazing organisation where we coach young people with heaps of barriers um, around life and getting into employment and um, that is a cool gig. And then, yep, just written a book. I run a coaching um, practice. I'm pretty involved in Christian community, travelling, coaching. Speaking. Speaking. Um, yeah. Um, could, could you do before I go any further?
1: Could you do oh, like I was going to ask this question later, but could you do me a favor? Could you explain the prophetic to uh, agnostic or atheistic yeah. or a burnt out? Love to. Yeah, just just in yeah, yeah. yeah. just so like you yeah, you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, um, so I think the prophetic um, basically comes out of a worldview that the God that we believe is real. Um, which is Jesus, that he sent um, his spirit and that spirit dwells and that spirit isn't in our worldview just um, energy but is actually a person. And so the prophetic is being in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son and that they actually give enough of a damn about us that they can talk to us in our day-to-day, whether it's through the Bible or whether it's in our heart, just a sense where we're like, I know that's not me.
1: Like intuition sort of Yeah,
0: because it's too wise. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I know
0: it's too me because like, it's too, too clever. Too smart for me. Too yeah. smart or it's just so outside my, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a sense that's. Um, so the prophetic is really just the simplicity of believing that a God is real and can speak to us. We hear that. And then we in turn
1: interpret, share, share that. I like what you said that there is a God that cares enough of a damn about us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank Took you. Took me a long time. Thank Took you. me a long time to work that one out. <laughs> he gets a bad rap, right? <laughs> yeah. So many religious people that just do way too much talking and not enough listening, and they're just not great PR. Oh. <laughs> How beautiful, Lord. No, isn't that a good thing? <laughs>
1: if, if everyone had to go through a PR filter when they became a Christian, there would probably be a lot less Christians, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should set that up. Anyway, let's move on. That's why
0: he's our God and that, not church. That's right. Right? That's, right. That's,
1: right. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. We need to have it another time. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Deactivate Anxiety. Yes. The book Deactivate Anxiety. You've written that. So. If you could give, like, firstly, why this?
0: Yes. Um, So one of the other things I'm doing at the moment is my Masters of Counselling because I feel like part of what I have been formed and fashioned for is to bring together this love and this grace and this kindness that I've encountered into people's darkness, I suppose. Um, and part of that is going to be outworking, um, the things that he's done for me and the things that I've learned. Um, and I th- was running a coaching group, um, for women and just had men, lots of young men that wanted to learn some of these strategies. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to write a book. So I wrote a book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, yeah, so... Do you need a faith to, is it relative to the rest of the world or is it just for faith-based?
0: So I've definitely had people that aren't Christian and I have just said to them, you know, look, part of this is my story um, and it's definitely entrenched in my relationship and encouraging others to have a relationship with Outside influence, because I feel like we got ourselves into most of the messes that we find ourselves in. Um, I, I'm just not sure that we're going to be able to get out on our own. Um, my experience is definitely Jesus, and that is 100% what I talk through the book. Um, but it can be translated mm. to, you know, mm. your spiritual revelation and where you're at. Mm.
1: And where are you expecting this to go? What What, what is your goal with this? Um,
0: so definitely, my heart for writing the book, um, to be fully transparent, um, is for people that find themselves in the church or outside the church, but they, um, are either open or have accepted, um, you know, that their spiritual journey involves Jesus, um, or Christianity, um, and they're dying on the inside. Dying. So they're in, you know, communities that you and I've been in, you know, you for most of your life, me for the last 25 years. And um, kind oh, of cry. Um, you know, I just suffered. We allow that on. <laughs> I'm rebellious, I'd do it anyway. <laughs> um, just suffering. They're suffering with their mental health, they're suffering um and you know for a really long time and look to be honest if you took a cut from um community outside the church or inside the church none of us have done great around mental health so it's not just a finger pointed at a Christian community but I would I do feel like you know quote unquote communities outside the church probably a little bit further ahead around talking around some of these things um and a lot of faith-based um you know my world is predominantly Christian. We just haven't talked about it or we've gone, well, pray it away, or you're not reading enough scripture.
1: Let Jesus take the wheel.
0: Yeah. Or there's probably sin in your life. Oh yeah. Um, that one. You know, or you just need to come up for an altar call. Yeah. And I'm not poo-pooing <laughs> no. any of that no. in and of itself. But it's it's like going, it's just it's not the full story. It's there's so many um parts of who I was, you know, and I I think of my anxiety, I'd have panic attacks. I mean, I was a pastor for, you know, 10 years before I really started dealing with the Lara component of my life, you know, and, and I did that only because I came to a absolute crescendo when my first daughter was born and, um, the panic attacks at that stage had, created a, you know, a pretty controlled life. I'd go to church, I'd run things, pretty dynamic. People, I would like to think, probably thought I was, you know, pretty big sanguine personality, pretty, you know, fair leader, um, pretty effective, you know, but so long as my life stayed in routine. But if you'd asked me to go into the city or jump on a bus or come in the car with you or jump on an aeroplane or if you'd asked me to do something that in any way made me feel feel anything related to feeling trapped or out of control, I would have had a panic I had a panic attack on my wedding, I had a panic attack at my 30th birthday. I mean, any major event, you know, you probably up until five years ago would have found me in some room with one of my two closest friends that knew, absolutely Melting down, but no one else would have known. So, you know, here I am again living this life it's and then mask. behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd sort of um, try different things. You know, I'd-
1: I think sometimes those masks are really important, though. I I, I think there's no that they're, they're there to protect us. It's, yeah. a, it's the ego, it's yeah. what we talk about the ego, and it, it is there to protect us. And mm. there's a timing involved in your life. Like I can see the, the, t- the clock mm. ticking. Uh, to a point where this has become so relevant yes. now, um, and it's needed in the community. It's needed in the faith community yes. because, like you said, it's not talked about. Yes, it's Jesus take the wheel. Like everything, like it's, it's everything's going to be okay if, as long as I get to church. Well, it's not. That's bullshit. It's yeah. actually not it's going to be not. okay. And and it needs to be owned. That yeah. that in itself needs to be owned. By the whole community, and they have a responsibility not to put shove pressure and put people into positions that are
0: so much pressure. If you've got, if you're struggling with mental health, the pressure I felt Mm. to get right, the pressure to, well, cast all your anxiety on the Lord. And it's like, that is a great scripture, but my daughter has dyslexia. And if I just said to her, well, you know, life's going to be heaps easier if you can learn to read, well, Yeah, but what's the step by step? How do I cast my anxiety? What are my anxieties? Why are those anxieties there in the first place? From where in my identity have I come to believe those anxieties? And what do I – because just slapping a scripture on someone, it's so much pressure and then they just don't want to talk about it again or they feel shame or that it buries further down um, into secret. And I'm sure that you know this, but – like hypocrisy, the word comes from this um, concept back, um, you know, in the day, um, where the Greeks would put on performances and um, plays, and the way that they would take on different characters, um, would they would put on a mask, and that mask would be that character, and the speaking, the person underneath and the mask was a hypocrisy. It was, and it's like the church's biggest probably accusation is you're a bunch of hypocrites and it's like and I'm passionate about being able to go there are coping strategies that many of us have because they're the only thing keeping us alive what would it look like to really create safe spaces and really create communities of transparency where we can go actually you know what I'm not going to be scared if you know you get a little messy and a little dirty and a little ugly underneath those coping strategies because that is what Jesus, Jesus was not interested in the persona, the hypocrisy, the mask. He wanted Lara. He was coming after the real girl with the real problems in those private spaces. Um, And I just wanted to write a book that at least starts the conversation and helps people who go, I might not be willing yet to tell people in my community what's really going on, but here's a tool that I can take in my own private space that literally the book is a journey from you're at this point and how do you start putting scaffolding naturally and people that know me would probably think I'd go straight for the spiritual. I'm like, no, like we are natural beings that need natural strategy. So I talk about all the natural strategies that one needs to – Walk this spiritual freedom, and then I go into the spirit, and then I go into the deeper places. What does it look like to actually transform from the inside out? Is kind of the journey the book goes on.
1: Wow, that's exciting. It really is, um, because I was going to ask you the question with the faith community, mental Ill- mental health, suicide, and I know that's something that um, that's something that's been close to you, mm. suicide, within the church community. And what are we doing about it? And, and obviously you're answering that with, with this book here. Yeah. Uh, my – I'm not going to say opinion. I'm going to say perspective. My perspective is that we should be leading the way in this, that uh, the holistic nature of it and, – and that's what's been ignored so much in the community, faith community is the holistic nature of life, like the whole lot, Like how much does a physical uh, – physical activity have a bearing on your mental illness mm. or mental health? You know, like that's not that's not what, what we, we teach. It's not what we – like how much does meditation help mm. with with releasing stress and pressure mm. and breath work, breath mm. work in and, in and of itself? And it's not taught. These things mm. are not taught because it's just taught on a spiritual level only. And mm. And so I believe that the faith community should be leading the way. So proud of you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs>
0: and I advocate for all of those in my book. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. more. And more. And more. And that's what uh, building healthy life patterns is about. We're not just talking about um, spirituality, we're talking about uh, the, the physicality, nutrition, like health and the mind. We
0: are a full being. I think to your and my experiences being in sort of the Pentecostal church. And so it has a bent. Yeah. Um, you know, and its bent is you know, going after souls, mm. the spirit can do everything. And I feel like we're growing up as a movement, um, <clears throat> but I think the Catholics, you know, they've got a lot to teach us yeah. about meditation, yeah. you know, their contemplative prayer, the meditation of the Word of God, the silence, the quietness, the self-reflection. I mean, that's the church mm. and that that community has taught me so much about um, quietness and listening and, and breath work and things like that. So I think too it can be the, the – of the Christian community that you've come out, that we've come out from. Um, but I'm ready to have the conversation, yes. right? And okay. I'm ready to work with um, faith leaders to help equip them to know how to help many people in yeah. our congregation. Um, and I just think there's, you know, again, in our particular movements, um, sort of the charismatic Pentecostal movements, there's just so much pressure to be transformed, you know, to be done, to be, you know, like Jesus and um, one, you know, prayed away, um, you know, one communion, you're fixed, slapped and ready to, you know, move in and it's just, it's not biblical. We're we're being transformed and as I said at the beginning, that scaffolding, my anxiety was never going to find real, breakthrough until I had become the person I needed to, to be strong enough to look at what I needed to look at. And that took time. And people could have cut me open, a you know, 10 and a half years ago and gone, well, you should have this, that and the other, but you're wrong. Because Jesus, you know, Knew what he was doing in Mm. slow, Mm. steady Mm. maturity, Mm. so that we can start. And I just think we need to be a lot more gracious with people. And Yeah. yeah,
1: but and and just to put it into practical terms, it's like we talk transformation, sanctification, it's a process, but it's the journey of life. Yeah, it is the simple journey of life when you actually become fully self aware of yourself. And and I would endorse anybody to go on a journey of being self-aware. Mm. Because when we become self-aware, we can see and accept and love and show compassion to ourselves mm. first. And when we've done that, we can then be better for other people. Mm. But so many people go on the journey of being uh, other-aware, mm. should we say. Mm. Like, oh, I, I, I'll help everyone else be fixed, but they're not going to be fixed mm. in, in themselves. Mm. And it sounded like that was the pressure that was put on you mm. up until a couple of years ago when yeah, you decided to Yeah, I think it was the pressure b- I let. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. really I think, you know, we look back at – some of the toxicity that maybe we would look at now of certain, you know, communities that we've been part of and really at the end of the day I look and go, there was something broken in me that allowed me to remain in those relationships. And, um, you know, I'm pretty personally passionate about owning responsibility. I know you are too, not, you know, being a victim Um, but taking those things that happened to us and learning from them and I just think – even if we've been in church communities or, um, you know, whatever communities it is, it's a it's a far more empowering process to go through. That says, what was it in me that allowed me to stay? What was it in me that allowed me to be treated that way? What was it in me? You know, and they're the things they become. Um, like springboards that rather than being like, oh, what a loser, it becomes, wow, what a great opportunity for me to go, hey, this is in me. This is like real estate yeah. taking up, yeah. you know, space in my heart and my soul and my spirit. Yeah. Awesome. That's just giving me information to work with yeah. and to go, you know, do the work. you got yeah. to do the work. work
1: yeah. You do. And that's the thing is do the work. Yeah, You know, don't avoid it. Do the work. And that's a beautiful way of putting it, by the way. So I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I look at it like all those things though, uh, we can so often be a victim of, and they are a reality.
0: Mm.
1: However, if we can turn that tide and go, what did that do for me? Yes. so I have a I have a very strong belief in the fact that traumas happen and yours was heinous. Mm. And I can say that, However, we can choose whether to to even not be a victim of it but just ignore it and go, well, that happened and that's the thing and I need to get on with life. Or we can, cho- we can go, this can be a redirect for me to be a world changer. Mm. And I've had so many people sit in that seat over the last six months who have simply, like my little friend down the road here at MC Sandwich House, had a stroke and then changed his life and got off the, the – gravy train he was on. He even said in the podcast he was about to take his life. This was going on. He was working in the tradie world, da, da 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 had a stroke. He's only 30 and he did jujitsu, and that happened. But that changed the trajectory of his life completely. And I've had so many people like Dane, he's done the same thing. Dane's done the same thing. Ben Adams, quite a few of them. Robbo, trauma in their life, mm. um, as heinous as it is, as bad as it is, They've they've picked this up and gone. I'm going to turn this ugly thing into something very beautiful mm. because it's going to change the trajectory not only of my life mm. but of other lives that I can touch. Mm. So, props to you, Thank proud you. of you because that's what you've done with this thing. And you can look back at that and go, now, you know, I know somebody else I heard recently speak about a very similar thing, mm. uh, and uh, he spoke very openly about it and very well, and had to face the person as well at the same time and. Yeah. And so it's a big – and, yeah, like I'm in awe of people who have – I've not struggled with the traumas of, of those things. I've, I've just grew up in a high-pressure situation that, that caused me to run like a banshee. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a big finger up to the world. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think that the concept of having to face these things is a really powerful one. And I think sometimes we can circumvent the going through mm. because um, you know, we get a good mantra mm. or we get a good scripture and we just think, you know, if we can uh, push that thing into that trauma hard enough. Mm. Um, but I feel like that's all an aesthetic, right? That's all not an aesthetic, like a a band-aid. Mm. Um that doesn't really change who we are. And so whether, you know, scriptures is your plumb line or getting good, healthy um, mantras is your plumb line, all's really important. But the true change so that it's not just another mask is when we go, okay, well, you know, there's some things. Because there's lots of research now to show that trauma actually impacts – your cells—it mm. it's actually changes you at a cellular level, mm. and so um, you know, well into the infrareds, um, <laughs> saunas, oh, no, and that, yeah. um, we're both fans of the yeah, infrared. Huh? <laughs> um, you know, starting to um, really do a lot more research, research around tapping, and but ultimately, however, you know, meditation, getting into those delta states, and um, all of that—how whatever your worldview looks like—I think the doing the work is going, you can't just put it under a mat and go, I've dealt with it. You've got to go, and how do you know if you've dealt with it? Well, if you keep coming into similar circumstances with similar results or certain things in your mind play out and you go, gee, you know, that's something that I constantly come back to thinking about myself or about other people or, gee, I find this event, although different people seems to constantly leave me feeling abandoned, lonely, incompetent. Ugly, you know, like that then becomes this trigger for you to go, awesome, this is telling me that there's some deeper work that needs to be done, which isn't just a mantra or scripture, it's sitting in it. Mm -hmm. And what I'll often say to my clients, um, you know, to help them is I'll just go, can you remember this feeling? when you were younger? Is this a familiar feeling? And and in that investigation for, you know, any of your people that are at home, you just sit with a pen and a cup of coffee and and allow the first thing to come up and then investigate that and Mm. you ask yourself your question in that moment, not what does my adult mind say, but in that moment, what did I tell myself to be true? And then you've just, you know, helped identify some beliefs and you then get to look at that on paper and go, is that who I want to be? Is it serving me? Is it serving my family? And if not, you take your mantra or you take your scripture and it's in that place you go, well, you know, what does self-compassion look like? And that's how we get healed, right? There's just so many of us, it's not healed. We're just slapping on good confessions Mm. and it's like, not healing you. It's,
1: it's just such a good example yeah. of the practicality of this stuff. Yes. Like we're you know, we we're talking to both the faith community and and also my listeners that a lot of them aren't in the faith yes. community. And it's just what you've just said then is a perfect summary of how of how to actually adapt this this sort of yes. thinking and this sort of is go back to find that that, that self at a certain point yes. and then see what that feels, see how it serves yes. you. And my big one, my biggest healing um thing was, was, you know, like there's been a lot over the period of life, but my biggest one hasn't been that far away from me. And it was, um, it's okay. Mm. And that was it. And it was a very practical thing. It wasn't a spiritual thing. It didn't come out of a scripture. It didn't come out of anything. It didn't come out of really anything. It just came out of my own soul and my own spirit. And I was just like meeting myself at 16 and go,
0: wow, you know
1: what? It's okay. Yeah. And then having to transfer that into the 18 year old who was really quite dark and really quite finger up to the world and really quite rebellious to go, it's okay to be that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not bad to be that. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Stop telling yourself you're not good enough. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was mine. It was just a simple, it's okay. And so yeah. I transfer that now t- to everybody, like wh- wherever you're at. And we have a little mantra in our family and that, I guess that's where it's come from, but I didn't know that. And it's my our little mantra in our family. And we talk about mantras, but it's be who you are when you're there,
0: mm. and and you love that,
1: yeah. And it's important because, um, you know, we grew up under the mm. uh, conformity of mm. no, don't be who you are, mm. be who we tell you to be, mm. and and that's not against just the religious community, that's against the society that mm. we live in, and and that societal. Um, and my re- my journey was like, no, I'm not going to let my kids do that. they'll they'll be warts and all, and that's okay. yeah, and and because uh, you're, you're okay. Yeah, because I'm okay. You're and okay. that's only been recent for me, but that mantra's been in our family for, I don't know, you know, ever.
0: Beautiful. And I think too, it's evolving, right? So I feel like, oh, I've, you know, forgiven this person. I've had this healing. I'm, you know, I I feel evolved. But next season. You'll
1: find something. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll
0: be like, okay, well, actually this is the next thing. And I I think it's, you know, also a, a great pressure cooker lifter which is now a word, um, for, you know, your listeners and and myself too. Is that,
1: is that just a word you created? Yeah, then totally. Just, yeah, right. yeah, my book's full of my own <laughs> words,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's to go, I don't have to fix this all today no, either. Right. I think sometimes we become so navel-gazing, you know, in our faith community, we're like, oh, I've got to get all this stuff done. It's like actually, you know, just as in na- the na- natural, there are seasons so in our, you know, evolving, evolution, transforming, becoming ourselves, you know, it's like – there's work to be done now just do that yeah you know you don't have to go after a million things just just the work for now and go slow go steady Mm -hmm. go easy with full love full Mm -hmm. compassion Mm -hmm. see what happens and then see what the next season brings
1: i love that Mm. um full emotional agility
0: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: love a good susan david moment She's an incredible emotional agility. She wrote a beautiful book called Emotional Agility. Ah. She's a psychotherapist and just absolutely brilliant. But, yeah, it's a shout out to her. I don't know why, but shouting out. Shout to, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you do your sauna?
0: Um, I go to a day spa in Kingscliff oh. and, um, yeah, they've got like magnesium uh-huh. um, baths and uh, the salt. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And so shout out to the Salt Day Spa.
1: Who, well, you can.
0: Yeah. No just one sponsors
1: us so we can do what best. we bloody want here. Oh, yeah. my
0: gosh. You just walk in and everything's clean and beige. And when you've got two little girls, like nothing in your house is clean and beige. <laughs> so I walk in and I feel nurtured. And, you know, it's interesting you should say that because I literally spruik this to all of my friends, particularly in ministry or women that are CEOs, hard, you know, hard women that are just running really hard and I'm like we must make decisions for intentional nurture Mm. and what I discovered which is so fascinating I hadn't put it two and two together until I think about the conversation that started um, with us was that that is why I love this so much because there's something about a hormonal balance. I feel like I'm, like, getting that real motherly nurture. like everything's clean and tidy and they bring me a kombucha
1: and no
0: one's jumping on me. You hear that
1: P3? Like they get kombucha after their sauna and cold pool. Yeah,
0: free. You can have two. You You can do champers. (laughs) I do. (laughs) It's, like, amazing. That's awesome. Uh, and then they've got a salt room oh, and then a um, light lead therapy for those of us that are, you know, getting a little older. <laughs> so I have a um, a membership.
1: Yeah, right. I guarantee you, you do.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> so I go often. <laughs> That's why I'm so youthful. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I jump, Which in you the, were gonna say. I jump in the sauna. Yes, yes, I was. No, I could tell. I get in the sauna. Everyone knows that I get in the sauna every day if I possibly can. Best. And then do cold water immersion.
0: So I've been talking to them and I'm like, you know what it would be really great here? Like some cold therapy. And they said, well, it's funny you should say that. We're thinking about doing it. And I said, well, so you know what they're going to do? They're probably going to take the guys changing rooms out. And (laughs) I was all for it. (laughs) 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 Sorry, guys. I'm like, well, you
1: know. That's all right. You can have salt. I've got P3. I'm happy to. P3. Yeah. Yeah, Shout out to P3. You already did. Well, we do every every podcast just about – why inner freedom? Like I want to talk about your values. The values you have is Christ realised, your family. Yes. Uh, there was one more um, that I've missed. Um, I'm sorry. But you have inner freedom mm. and why inner freedom? What is Why is that a value?
0: Mm. I think over the course of my life I have come to feel very certain about No matter what happens on the outside of us, there's this inner life that exists that no one can touch. And working on that, um, finding peace in that place and freedom, um, no one gets to control that. And that has been life for me. So um, I think there's just a – I'm passionate about it because it's made such a huge difference. Like oh, if you'd even known me five years ago, you know, I couldn't um, – I could hardly even leave my house. I'd forget my name sometimes. Like the anxiety and the panic was just that outrageous. Um, you know, you had to be admitted to day patient at um, medical – Mental health at um, our hospital and I mean you know probably a story for another time, but it was it was not great. And the journey from there to here and realizing that that internal landscape is a real place and if that is free and and full of life, things flow out of that right? So even if things on the outside are doom, gloom and difficult, I've got this resource on the inside of me to be resilient and to cope. And even if things are on the outside and fantastic, I've got this inner resource to be present and enjoy <laughs> um, that that who we really are um, is the most precious. And I suppose as someone that has a Christian worldview, I do believe really it's all we take to the next life. And so it's just so important that we look after that part. Um, there's a proverb that says it's out of that place. Flow the issues of life. Mm. And, you know, those that are in the, um, the secret, um, the positive affirmations and things – will understand this concept, Um, it's talking about who we are out of who we are, life springs. And I would say the reverse engineer then can be said that therefore certain things in our life, not everything, but certain things in our life that they're dealing with very possibly are coming fair crack out of who we are. So let's get free, let's get healed, let's get whole and then we just set ourselves up to out of that create beautiful lives for ourselves our friends our community our kids yeah yeah I think it's the best gift we can give those people that we love right yeah. is a f- in a free person yeah so wow. I'm passionate about it
1: yeah and obviously it actually lends itself to the advice that you'd written um, for building healthy life patterns I have this I have this belief I wasn't going to share this
0: oh the bio I wrote. I, it's all clicked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, where like, yeah, are you getting yeah, all this stuff? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I wrote it
1: to you. Is, is that, have you lost Have you lost a little bit of that because of the root canal you had yesterday? <laughs> I did have Goodness root canal. Goodness gracious, I can't believe you're here today speaking and you had a root canal yesterday.
0: <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're about to go somewhere deep. I am yeah. well known for that.
1: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So I have this, um, and that just clicked? <laughs> <So> <laughs> just now. <laughs> Know
0: what about my what we, swimming? Like a, an hour,
1: yeah, yeah an hour. And in in like, oh,
0: oh. I wrote it <laughs> to yeah, you, yeah. You're did, I'm
1: like, oh, okay. I'm going I'm to like, pretend here that I come up with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So go, going back to this inner inner freedom and 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 what's important to you here and where that came from and it's a core cool value to you and the way you spoke about it then, it actually shows me that like. Just lately there's so much psychology, philosophy, counselling, whatever society that's in, or whatever the community that's come from, and it's it's all beautiful, it's all right, but it's all six steps to healing, mm. or it's all five steps to this, or mm. or become, you know, financially free by following these six steps or whatever it may be, you know, like and I'm not poo-pooing on that because some of it's valid and and I'm a big person that anchors into their values. Like i it's it's been a An epiphany to me, um, because the most uh, influential scripture that I've ever had in my life is, "I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you." There's no part of that says I'm going to fix your problems when you can fix them yourself. So I gave you all these gifts. Get off your ass and go and do it. Wow, you know. So that's that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? I gave you the keys to the car. You crash. It's your fault. Mm. And that's the deal. Mm. And so, but I'm going to be with you while you Mm -hmm. crash the car. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna just leave you on the side of the road. I'm here here for you. So that's how that's my philosophy about my Christianity. It's mm. like, I know, he gave me the keys to fix things myself. I'm I'm gonna do it.
0: Mm. I can see where you get along with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> he it's, could be sitting here saying exactly the same yeah, thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the tool. So um, and so I anchor into my values and and I know that we can create our values by the the life that we want to design, and I, I think that's really important for people to understand that there's there's values that there's values that are, uh, are natural that we want. Like uh, you know, one of mine is helping others or courage. Mm-hmm. You know, like courage, but we're not naturally courageous. Mm. You know, most of us want to run. We have the whole height flight. Yeah, what is it? Fight, fight and fight. flight freeze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fight, flight, freeze, and so. Naturally we're not courageous. So we design our values and then we anchor into the values that we have to live our life by. And I've tested this and tested this and tested it. And I've completely changed the way I see things and the way I live my life, with everything in alignment with my values Mm. and my philosophy on life, what my philosophy is. And it's how Which is
0: the true definition of integrity. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah. You truly are living externally what you believe internally. And
1: don't let yourself down.
0: It's a lovely yeah. don't break your word way to yourself. live.
1: You don't break your word to yourself. You've got to you've got to be true to yourself and your philosophy and your alignment. No matter what, no matter who's in your world, mm. if it means you've got to break that relationship, mm. you've got to break that relationship. Mm. If it doesn't fit with your alignment. Mm. And we're doing we do that on the podcast here. We we look at people and it doesn't li- it doesn't align with mm. this. It doesn't align with who we are. We're not going to have that situation. And now I've I've had to do that over the last number of years is just remove relationships from my life because they actually don't align. Mm. And um, so – but there's a thing that I – when you were talking about inner freedom, there's a thing that lately has become quite uh, um, clear to me. And it was in a moment of – I guess it was in a moment of clarity when I I was walking one day, had the podcast going in my ears – not mine, somebody else's. Um, I'm not that egotistical. <laughs> um, but I just had this moment where I felt like I'm full. Pardon the French, but I'm fucking full. I can't take another word in. Mm. I can't read another word. I can't take any more information in. I am full. Mm. Pulled the earbuds out, stuck them in my pocket and decided as I was walking just to try and tap into nature, mm. you know, like the whole world shows the glory of God. Tap into nature, feel nature. So this is another thing that people don't feel like I feel nature.
0: Yeah, I do too. I
1: felt the roar of the ocean Yes. just by its sound Yes. and I felt the pressure and I felt the wind and I felt the birds, heard the birds and I I, I could feel it. Mm. And then all of a sudden it became very clear to me that we have an innate value. One of our values is is an innate that's been put into us that it's almost like our foundation. It's our place of standing. And all of our other values that we want to add to the life that we want to create, they go off off that. Mm -hmm. So it's often talked about live from your values or have the hierarchy of values like this, but I think it's have a foundational value. Mm -hmm. And so what is the foundational value? What is your foundational value? Where is it Where's it come from? Mm. And I believe, and there's no science to back this up. I've done no study except I've asked, I don't know, maybe four or five people a few questions, mm. and and the minute that they've seen the clarity on what, and I haven't, I haven't told them what there's is. Mm. I've just asked them a few questions, and all of a sudden they've gone, oh, it's like one person said, it's knowledge. Mm. I went, that makes sense about your life. Mm. The light bulb comes on. That's their underpinning value. Mm. The reason I wanted to share that is because you said inner freedom mm. and it's a very rare value to have mm. because people will look, like, look for freedom in all sorts of external places and victims will look for freedom from oppression mm. um, but having an inner freedom knowing that there is a storm going on around the outside and we've said this so many times but how do I have calm in the chaos? Mm. Well, I am inner free. There's nothing you can do to change my life. That's right. And so would you say that that is your –
0: I would say probably my foundational core value is probably relationships. I think um, my relationship ultimately with God and then my relationship with others.
1: That was the one. It was relationships.
0: Right. Yeah, I I think that's – I would like to think all else can come – out of that so us being here now us connecting you really seeing me and me really seeing you and then if there's something in my life or something again prophetic something in this moment that I can add to who you are as a person to just I don't know or you me like to me I feel like that is probably my key deepest value and my ultimately coming out of my relationship with God. Like, who am I? I was um, thinking the other day, actually, when you um, read about sort of Jesus coming of age and, you know, it could have said that the father was like, oh, this is the king or, you know, this is the Messiah or, the, you know, but he said, this is my son. And I feel like in that moment of letting people know who he was, the first thing the father went to was relationship. And I think we are who we are based relationally, you know. Um, And so I I think everything for me probably comes out of that value of…
1: So you would say that that's your underpinning… I would say so. Your core. I would say so. beautiful. Yeah,
0: I would say so. Ultimately me and God, Mm. but ultimately that relationship between me and God outworks itself in me just trying to be present here with you, Mm. you know, me trying to really listen Mm. to what, to have a moment to, you know, be Mm. together Mm. in this moment or with my kids. And I, you know, I get it. I stuff it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you ask me what my value is in a deep, dark dive when you know things are horrendous and I would say to you probably dependency mm. you know I'd say if you scratched it all away you'd find a girl that's frightened lonely rejected abandoned and you scratch 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 you know like at the end of the day is a girl just like god I hope you're real yeah. <laughs> you know and then I think if you find me on a good day it would it would be relationships well, they're both the same aren't they? But I suppose they're, they're the same
1: they're, aren't they yeah you're depending on what do I like about what I've really loved about this Time we've had together is is um, so far is um, the fact that your relationship with yourself is important. Yeah, and so your relationship with it, when you talked earlier about it, and it really blew my mind. Like uh, I'm always in awe of people who tell the vulnerable truth. Um, I think it's very courageous uh, and very inspiring to me because I think that's the inspiration the world needs to hear. When we talk, we, we, we see all these hashtags around. And I'm – when it comes to the the suicide numbers, and let's not even talk about just suicide. Let's just talk about, like, mental illness all across the spectrum. You know, it's growing. It's still like every 40 seconds in this world someone takes their life. And, and it, I'm not just going to talk about Australians because I consider myself a human before I'm an Aussie. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've got flesh and blood before. I've got a, an Australian flag tattooed on me anywhere. Um, so – When we talk talk about that, like sharing, getting people to talk in a way or getting – and even then, like these hashtags that I see, they're not making a difference. They're not really making a difference. Mm. So when you share the fact that you had – and you said relationship but that you were sexually abused by a pedophile for a long number of years and uh, never felt nurtured by – And others. And others. And others. Mm. And – when you can get on here and you can talk like that that for me that shows someone that has a very healthy relationship with themselves not healed not whole but owning that yeah and that's that's the emotional agility that the world needs to hear so larissa i am so proud of you that's and i'm nice. i'm so uh, respectful of your time as well but I want you to share your advice that you sent in your bio, if you can remember it. No, you can't. All right, I'm going. To, I'm, I'm actually going to say it all. So you gave us some advice about building healthy life paths. Oh, I
0: imagine it's really wise. That's brilliant. Oh, great! What was it?
1: <laughs> Don't take shit from no one. It was not that. <laughs> all right. Number one was know yourself. So um, that is obviously your journey.
0: Yes. And,
1: uh, number two was know where you're really at and where you really want to go. And then number three was surround yourself with champions. Mm. And that is a big one for me. I love the surround yourself with champions. I actually love them all. And this last one, which I thought was extremely smart was don't underestimate what you can achieve in a year or don't overestimate what you can achieve in a day. Do you want to elaborate on all of those a little bit before we sum this up?
0: Yeah. I think um, we have to be honest about who we are in our now in order to get the right strategies to help us go where we want to go. And in coaching, they talk about mapping. So if I was going to coach you and I wanted to be a great coach, then I'd ask a whole bunch of questions to to find out where are you situating yourself in your life right now as though it was a map? So what do you think about yourself? What do you think about your family? What are your goals? So I think um, if we don't know who we are, our Achilles heels, the things that spark our joy, the things that bore and are tedious like we've, we've got to know who we are um, and in knowing who we are we start to work out oh, what am I on this planet for like what so many people are living lives right now that because what's their parents said and they've never done any personal internal figuring out who they are like you should be a your greatest cheerleader your best mate you should know yourself the most and most people wouldn't even be able to tell you what they're good at and what they're not good at so I think to live purposefully and aligned and with integrity and to have that feel you get, you know, where you're like, oh, this is awesome. Like I'm living a great life. You've got to know who you are. So you've got to do that work. And then you got to know where you're at and where you want to go in order to get the strategies. And how do you get the strategies? Well, you don't have to make them up. You surround yourselves with champions who have done it, whether it's, you know, yeah. in a hobby or in business or around – personal training or parenting get those people in to help you go where you want to go I think you know and then at the end of all that then take all the pressure off it's okay Mm. I don't have to be there it's seasonal some of these things are 20 like I cannot tell you the passion I have for grandkids there is nothing I can do to bring that any quicker (laughs) Some things are seasonal. They just are, right? Mm -hmm. Your body, inner freedom, community, building friendships, having great kids, some of these things just simply need seasons and we've got to take the pressure off and go, what can I do, you know, today, this week? And that's goal setting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, To get me where I want to go. So I think, you know, it's those steps of know who you are, know where you're at and where you want to go so that you can – Create strategy. Get people around you to help do those strategies, and then ultimately um, take the pressure off.
1: It's mm. good. And and that one is don't over, don't underestimate what you can achieve in a year, or overestimate what you can achieve in a day. Yeah, that's a really important tool. It's really with, hard
0: for those A-type personalities. Yeah, we have going to get it all done in a day. Yeah,
1: we like to write checks out from our ambition that yeah. our, oh, that our abilities like that. can't actually. Cash.
0: The- yeah, I think the last 12 months for me has really been a time of um, digging into the concept of process. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, guilty of, you know, drive-by, I want things instantly. My husband um, early on we were talking about relationships and he's like, Larissa, you've got to do the mud work. Like you want this big, beautiful, um, like – Castle of a marriage or a relationship or a life. You just want, you know, 15 bedrooms and bathrooms. You want this, you know, huge life. And he's like, but everything that we're building has to start with the mud work Mm -hmm. and process. And so, you know, I think I have tried to calm my farm in the last 12 (laughs) months and go some things in my life require mud work mm-hmm. and I can't keep rabbiting on about this hasn't happened and this, it's because you haven't done the mud work. And some other things, it's not roof yet, you know. You, you're just doing some doors and, and seasonal, right, you know. And then there's other things, Larissa, where that roof is on, you have made that house a home, it's time. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it's good. And I think that then comes back to the, you know, know yourself. But process has been a really big – Uh, concept I've been trying to I think you can do a lot when you surrender to being okay with the one step 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 and yeah
1: Yeah. things change how big for you is like we we we're in our team and everything we do we follow the little rule of it's Thursday quit something
0: oh (laughs) I like it
1: yeah well I didn't develop it I wish I did because everyone does like it um how big is it for you to quit stuff?
0: Um, I can – I am known before kids for all-nighters. I, I get in a zone. I, I I am that person that's like either in most offices, anyone you've worked with, they will tell you this is true. I'm either disrupting all work <laughs> or I will not listen. I, I just won't even hear you for three days, you know, I'll just be in the zone. I'm like one of two. Um, And since having kids, since having sort of this mental breakdown eight years ago now, um, I've had to learn that it gets to seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, everything in me is wanting to keep going. I have had to start putting some strategies that go, even though I can feel the adrenaline going and the creative juices and this is my natural time to – I can't afford it because it will cost me tomorrow mm. or the day after. Like, I think I've got a level of actual bipolar, like this. And and so I have to really manage the swings. Um, and certainly, again, this process concept has been something that are really going just and my husband's been like literally trying to say this to me for 10 years because he's process guy. I'm a little bit like, come on, a bit faster <laughs> process, but you know, he has really been trying to go, you just, what would it look like rather than going and doing Xfit or F45 for three months, like a crazy person and popping your pelvis and you're ripping your <laughs> calf and versus what would it just look like to just start off doing 10 minutes of walking every day? Like what who, is, who do you need to be? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm just – I'm trying to become her mm. because I actually feel like she will help me achieve even, even the more things that I want to do. You know, I, I didn't write a – the book is just Chipping Away.
1: Chipping Away, yeah. It was
0: Chipping Away, Chipping Away and now I have a book. Yeah. You know, I tried that mm. process um, and I think with kids you've got to – unless you just want to flick them for six months mm. – I think you've got to do bit by bit, right? So
1: th- this book is evident that you're not there yet.
0: No, that's what should we call that. <laughs> I'm not there yet.
1: Um, because this was a big dream. Yeah. But you started small. Yep. And you trust the process. Yeah. And that's, that's a gift I'm chip, going to give chip, to you. Chip. Uh, that's a slogan that uh, we use all the time here is dream big, mm-hmm. start small mm-hmm. and trust the process. Mm-hmm. And it's been I've hated it. I hate the slow process, mm-hmm. but it's the one percenters, and that's how it's the one percenters. I've i guessed that's that's how we change our lives. Like mm-hmm. people want to go from zero to hero in no time. You know, we we see Joseph came out of the prison, went to the palace, but that was a long process. Yeah, that was a I don't know thirteen. Now there's a story. Thirteen year process. Yeah,
0: I'm not so sure it, the exact time. Yeah,
1: but. I'm not either. But from the time he got thrown into the pit, I think until he got to the palace, I think it was about thirteen years. Could have been longer, actually, might have been 17. Mm. He was 30 anyway.
0: Moses was in the desert for 40.
1: Yeah, so we see them and, and it's relevant for people. Now we see all of a sudden someone's risen to some sort of, you know, fame whether it's influential or they've done something very courageous. But it's been a process for mm. them, you know. I talk about this kid, Ned Brockman, who's just run across Australia.
0: Yeah, how and, amazing was <laughs> that?
1: Yeah, and there's another girl right now. I, I'm sorry I don't know her name but I know she, her Instagram handle is Tip to toe, right. and she's run from she's running from the tip of Australia wow. to Melbourne, and she's got I think for, as of today she has f- six marathons left. So it's running a marathon every day, and she's been going for one hundred mm. and forty four days, and she finishes in Melbourne a couple weeks. These kids are rising, but we you know all of a sudden pump, someone wants them to get on the gravy train and go oh I can do that but it has been a process mm. over a long period of time to get themselves into that position. Mm. And so…
0: And I think we see, you know, in many different spheres, people who didn't go through the process yeah. that explode on the scene yeah. and unfortunately either fizzle out or blow up mm. because the private, unseen, mundane, integrity work chip, 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 yeah. chip, chip on my character, chip, chip on my inner freedom, chip, chip, you know. Um, it's not sexy no. but I, I think it's wisdom, certainly something that I'm trying to, you know, drill into for this next chapter of my life as I…
1: What does the next chapter of your life look like?
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm doing this Masters of Counselling. I am mm. just really want to create spaces for… People to come and be honest and open and vulnerable um, and find, you know, inner health, inner freedom. That's yeah. So in many different ways. So whether traveling, speaking, preaching, creating group works, um, the book, there's a number of different um kind of group works that come out of the book. Um, one-on-one coaching, counselling business, things like that. But today what it looks like is, um, yeah, just carrying on at my job, working with um, the youth and continuing to dream and chip, chip, chip.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I have one last question for you before we have – I I wasn't going to do the the fast three, but I am going to do the fast three today. Okay. um, Because I haven't found something to replace it yet. Um, I have one more question. What would you say to your eight-year-old self? Eight? Eight. Your eight-year-old self. Oh, Bob. Yeah. Can I just say I've asked the question of a few people but I've always tried to feel what age I should ask that question and for some reason I felt eight was the right number for you. Yeah.
0: So eight, I was overseas going to school. What would I say? i probably say... You are worthy to be loved and to be here, keep taking risks, get ready for an adventure.
1: Wow. That was beautiful. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was beautiful. Really was. So, thank you. Um, been really quite a vulnerable episode and so – and fun. There's been a bit of laughter, especially the band. Will I stay
0: in then? <laughs> but we, we didn't get. <laughs> Am I aligning with your values? <laughs>
1: yes, you do. <laughs> oh, we didn't get through it right through the pilgrimage. However, we're going to, um, because of time, we're going to stitch this up. Um, I have three questions and they've got to be answered very quickly. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. What is the worst thing that someone's ever said to you? Um, I'm frankly. I'm so glad that's funny <laughs>
0: I was so nervous
1: about asking you that question Especially with your life's journey I'm like oh, <laughs>
0: I'm,
1: okay. What is the best thing that someone's ever said to you?
0: I'm freckly <laughs> <laughs> My husband <laughs> It was the first time I was like Oh, he might be a bit alright, alright <laughs> said your freckles are beautiful oh. And I'd hated them my the whole life Like they were a huge problem And I was like mm. <laughs> okay. But now I love them, FYI Great
1: um, who's your hero? Mm. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty fond of Jesus.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cool. Larissa DeMichael, thank you so much for being on The Corn Flare with me. I want to give you an opportunity to share some advice or one last thing to say to everybody that's listening to this.
0: Um, I think you should probably buy my book Book <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brought to you by Deactivate Anxiety. Uh, um,
0: I would say…
1: <laughs> yes, you should buy her book, by the way.
0: <laughs> just jump on my website. I would say the best piece of advice I've got is that at the end of the day when you're alone and if you just allow for some quietness… And if you're willing to really listen to your own heart, it'll tell you what you need to know, where you need to go and what you need to do and to trust it. And that if people around you aren't singing the same song, then boundaries are good.
1: I don't think I've heard as good a advice so far. Beautiful. Really good. We're going to check out here. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for creating space. This is cool.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, sorry, we, uh, we're back. We have been told <laughs> by our producer that we have not finished. She is very good. Isn't Where she? did you find her? <laughs> I know. I, I, not under a cabbage patch.
0: Yeah. You should probably <laughs> give her like a Don't advance.
1: you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Pay rise?
1: So yep. here's the book, Deactivate Anxiety by Larissa DeMichael. Where can people get this?
0: Yes. So any online bookstore, Amazon, um, or you can come to my website, larissademichael.com, and I'll personally sign it and send it out and all the infos on my socials or on my website. And your socials are? Larissa DeMichael. Okay. L-A-R-I-S-S-A-D-E-M-I-C-H-I-E-L.
1: It is. And that was actually a real trip up for our team who was sending you emails because they're going, that's not how you smell the Michael. I know, That's everyone
0: the Michael. I'm like, yeah, That's Italian. how she's...
1: Smell. No, anyway. I know, you can talk
0: to my husband about that.
1: <laughs> it is a bit tricky. All the info will be in our show notes to get a hold of Larissa. Mm. I encourage everyone to reach out to her, send her a message about how bad she was today or <laughs> how amazing she was today. I've loved this last hour and a half. It's been so much fun and revealing and emotional and, uh, yeah, like I'm fully inspired so thanks everyone there you go we did it <laughs> here at the Conflab, it's a personal thing for us to make sure that every human being is okay so if there's anything that's triggered you today to do with how you're feeling anxiety depression if there's anything that's resonated with how you feel it would be amiss of us not to recommend that you reach out to Beyond Blue Lifeline Thank you.